Jerry Green, and uh, it's a privilege to be in front of you all today. I got a word uh, from the Lord today titled, The Gift Exchange. Gift Exchange. How many of you all uh, have a little anxiety because of giftings and wrapping gifts, buying gifts, counting all the people? You know, there's three E's. It's really like four E's of, of the gift exchange and how Christmas works together from a westernized civilization. One is etiquette. So you got to make sure that you match the gifts. You got to make sure that everything looks good. There's expectations. There's people that are expecting you to give to them. You might not be planning to give to. And then you find out when they gave you that gift, you say, oh, yeah, yours is uh, right at Target waiting on me to pick it up. Then there's the exploitation of your wallet. Okay, I guess y'all aren't. <laughs> I've got children. We'll get into that. And everybody needs a gift. Everybody needs a gift. So growing up in my house, uh, I was one of, of, of four of five people in the house, my three sisters and my parents, and Christmas was easy. Give one gift to my sister, another gift to my other sister, kind of a joint gift to mom and dad, right? Give a board game or something like that. And then let's cut the cake. Let's hang out. But now, Alana, Bailey, Corey, my three, Jarrell's, Harper, Avery, Jarrell's husband. And now I find myself having to give gifts to everybody. And I'm not preaching this so that those who are in the room that are related to me and they all are here right now are not, <laughs> are not going to expect something from me. I will bless you. But I'm just letting you know how hard it is. I didn't say that all the way the first service because I knew you guys come to this one. <laughs> but don't we struggle? It's kind of a two-sided coin, right? It's like there's the danger that comes into westernized, uh, Western civilization when it comes to gift exchange, right? There's the danger of you growing in a great expectation or a Christmas list as to what you deserve, Man, they should give me something. Don't ask me what I want because I'm going to tell you, right? But then there's the other side of it, the expectation that they will respond well to the gift that you gave them. I'm giving you this gift, but ultimately I'm giving you this gift because I want to see your face and I want you to respond to the way that I gave to you so that you will somehow, some way, give me a whole lot of, lot of accolades and say, man, you're just great. And then I'm going to respond by being super religious and holy and say, well, it's just the season of giving, and I just wanted to bless you, even though I'm really rewarding myself subconsciously. If you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. But, but today we're going to talk about the gift exchange between Joseph and God. Joseph and God. And as we were going and lighting the Advent candle, we, we read the same scripture. So we're going to go right back into Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to let the word of God allow us, encourage us to find peace in the midst of all the anxiety of Christmas, mainly for myself. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, 
Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken to the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translation means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, we were without you. You decided to humble yourself low, low, low and bring yourself into this earth, live the life we should have lived, died the death that we deserve to die. No one in here is without blame. But you rose from the grave and you gave us hope while we crucified you. You looked at us and said, I'm doing this for you. I love you. Help us to get closer to you in intimacy, honor, and order this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Joseph, there's not much about him in the Bible. You don't hear much about him. We, we, you know, there's always the nativity scenes. You see him a lot, but you don't hear a lot about him. You don't know him. And I wish that there was more about him because what we have is a whole lot of good. A righteous man. A man out of the lineage of David. A good man. So good that instead of stoning his wife or, just divor- or, or getting out of the situation and asking for that bride price back because he had to pay her hand in marriage, he says, I don't want to disgrace her. I don't want to disgrace her family. What a man. I am not that man. But that has nothing to do with it. I just wanted to confess. So what did Joseph do? Like many of us in this room, man or woman, he gathered. He gathered. He was a man with a plan. Consistent. He was driven by his convictions Not only his love for God, but also the lineage of his life and knowing that I need to take us from glory to glory because he read his word. So he had an expectation that regardless, I'm talking about before the drama came with the the angel and I'm talking about before Mary told him that she was pregnant. I'm just saying the man was living right. And this living right is different than our living right because we we have Jesus. We understand salvation. We understand repentance, lordship. We understand that. But this man was right in the context of the Old Testament saying he lived right. He lived right. But he was committed to God. He was committed so much so that there was a consistency that we see as you you go on through the story into chapter 2. There's a consistency of him yielding to God and listening to God and not reacting but responding to God. He was committed. And in that consistency, you find their char- our character. In our consistency, you find your character. I told someone yesterday that, that our reputation depends on our repetition. See, people see you, and they like to say, man, I like what I see. You're killing it. You're doing this. You're doing that. But they don't know how hard it is for you to stay consistent and to repeat and repeat and repeat. It's like sports. I remember growing up as a child, my father, Daryl Green, running up this hill every single day, every single day, 10 times, 20 times, 30 times, running, running, running. He runs down a guy Monday night. uh, What was his name? 
Dorset. He runs down the guy, Dorset. I'm a millennial. You know, it's difficult. I, uh, <laughs> that guy. So he, he runs down Dorset in front of the world on Monday Night Football, and everybody goes, whoa, he gets the reputation of a fast man, the fastest man, but the repetition on the hill they didn't see. But the repetition is what influenced what they saw. Joseph, to my knowledge and my belief, he repeated what it looked like to honor God with his life. We'll see more of that soon. But then his engagement, his engagement when he betrothed Mary. Most likely it was an arranged marriage. In that time, the parents would get together and they would say, this is a suitable fit. Let's come together, bring our children together. And it wasn't controlling. It's not what we think about because we're so free. It was really they had our best interests. Remember, remember when we used to believe that our parents had our best interests? And then you read a book or you saw a YouTube video and now you know everything. I was there. I'm still repenting. Sorry. <laughs> but the arranged marriage was something that Joseph grabbed a hold of. And not only was the, was the marriage arranged and he was going to walk in that and be disciplined, but also he fell in love with Mary. He had a desire to build well. He was a gatherer. We do it today. I'm going to get my house in order. I'm gonna, you don't just buy a ring and that's it. I hope you don't. Because we still got to eat. Like, imagine you just bought the ring and it's a really nice ring, but now there's no house to go to after the marriage. As a matter of fact, you, you gave her the ring, you got on one knee, and you did it in front of Morton's, but you couldn't afford to pay for Morton's, so you just took a picture for the gram, and everybody's like, oh, he took her to Morton's, he got her a ring, that guy's killing it, but you knew that you didn't have any money because you spent it all on the ring. That's not building well. <laughs> if your gas tank is on E, your mortgage isn't paid, your bank account is negative, and you got a ring for your girl, hold up, big fella. <laughs> hold up, big fella. Gather, gather, be like Joseph and gather well. Joseph worked for the bride price. He spent years laboring and, receiving, and getting money and doing all that he needed to do to get the house and get the camel so that they could have a means, survival. I was going to say the car, but. <laughs> By the way, praise God like, that they got to experience that. I mean, you don't have to gas up the camel. Like we, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> Side note, it has nothing to do with this. Okay, so he gave. Verse 19, he gave, he gave, he gave, he gave. Joseph was devoted. He was devoted to honoring God and to honoring Mary. His conduct was a reflection of his heart. He gathered with his hands, but he gave with his heart. So many times we find ourselves in the church gathering with our hands and giving with our hands, giving with our minds instead of giving with our hearts. And as he gave and honored God, blessed God, when this little situation came up, Mary comes to him and says, I'm pregnant. He says, man, I've been gathering. I've been building well. It's not like he just was angry. Like, there's one thing to be angry at the fact that there's a potential that she cheated on you. There's another thing to be saddened because of the reality that you've been building and building and building and you didn't get the fruit of the seeds that you've been planting. 
But what a man that he honored her and said, I'm not going to disgrace her. That's a good heart. That's a good heart. And he continued to give out of love. He could have taken her to get stoned. He could have took her right, right to the judges. He could have sent her away and, like he was thinking about doing and said he was considering it. But his goal wasn't to make her feel bad. His goal wasn't to dominate her with, with judgment. His goal was to be right. His goal was to be right. Now in that process, he grieved. He grieved. It was a broken heart. I mean, you know that person that you trusted, that parent, that friend, that loved one, that cousin, that you trusted with everything, and then they did something unthinkable. And in your flesh, it was unforgivable. And you grieved. You, you, it wasn't that you were mad. It was that you were broken. You were disappointed. It hurt. Some of you are dealing with that today. Some of, for some of you all, that happened yesterday. And you're sitting right here trying to figure out, I thought this was, I thought this was love. They're my family. That's my spouse. That's my child. Whatever it is. And you felt betrayed. Joseph grieved. This is why he grieved, because his what had come into play in the game, the conception, Mary's pregnancy, the conception was not a reflection of the direction that he had been building towards. How many of you all have been living right and you're getting wrong or getting wronged by somebody else? How many of you all have been living wrong and you've been getting a lot of right? I mean, you're in church like, man, I, I shouldn't even be in here because I hope nobody looked at my Snapchat or whatever. I hope no one tagged. Anybody been to a party? This is for the millennials. You went to a party like, hey, don't tag me. I don't want to take no pictures. Only to then get that text from Pastor Brett or whoever is your spiritual leader. And they say, I'm just praying for you. I love you. God's got a, got a gift on you. He's got a purpose. Oh, man. Then the next person, hey, I just want to bless you because I've just been watching you. I just want to bless you. Here's $100. Ah, it's burning your pocket. Because you know that you didn't do anything to deserve that. Back to the group of people that feel like they do deserve You've been sowing. You've been going to small group every week. Every week. You even go to 715 service. You go to prayer on Friday night. There's some people don't even know that exists. And you go. And you go. I ain't playing. And you come to the events. And you're all in. And your bank account, see it says in red, negative 500. And your friends have gone. And you're wondering, God, what is going on here? This thing, this, this thing that I, I'm birthing out of myself is not a reflection of what I've been doing. How many, of you, do you, how many of you all know that regardless of the production or whatever is being produced, the preparation is what we focus on? I'm going to love God regardless See, when we give gifts, it's like, hey, I'm going to give you yours. I remember my cousin Greg Finner. We used to give gifts every year because we were the only young, uh, uh, young men in our family. And it was like, okay, Greg, I'm thinking I'm going to get you this. He's like, okay, cool, I'm going to get you this. And it was always in the same caliber. It was like, okay, yeah, I know. So I would tell my parents, hey, don't give me this because Greg's got me. 
Greg's telling his parents the same thing. So I know we're going we're gonna to get the same thing. Imagine if once, one, one Christmas I come up to Greg, hey, man, I just forgot your gift. He's like, whoa, whoa. Then hold on. I don't know if I'm going to give you your gift. Because there's an expectation that whatever is going to come from you is from the fruit of what I give you. Therefore, if we don't do it together at the same time, then we can't do this. See you at Easter. <laughs> A lot of times we put an expectation on God, put an expectation on God. Joseph said, I don't, I'm not expecting anything. I just want to do right. I want to do right. I want to honor God and I want to honor Mary and I want to honor her family. I want to do right. Joseph's reception of that conception, the reality, the flesh, the reality of his life, he was hurt. He started to consider. This is when he got into a reactive nature because Joseph was a man just like us. And Joseph said, okay, what if I do this? Okay, maybe I should send her away. I don't know. I got to do this the right way. He started to put it into his own hands. But that's when the Spirit of God showed up middle of the night. I believe that that was a good place for the Spirit to land. Because he said, I can work with this. This man is after my heart. And he has a desire to see my kingdom advance in his life. So I'm going to meet him and I'm going to share. God didn't have to share with him the vision. We, Mary could have still had the baby and Jesus would have still been Jesus. The story would be the same, just minus Joseph, but God brought him in. Make sure that in your life you are aligning with the will of God so that you're not grafted out. Because guess what? He's going to get his glory anyhow. Joseph was hurt, but he genuinely loved Mary. And when you love, and when you gather, and when you give, and you don't receive what you expected, sometimes you feel like you loved, you gave, and you gathered in vain. But how many of you know we serve a faithful God? Remember, Joseph was righteous. And regardless of what he did, he didn't do anything. Now, we don't know if it was for one night that he was thinking about it. Maybe he was thinking about it for quite some time. But he didn't move. And I believe that he didn't move until, his, until he knew that his heart was right and he knew exactly what God was going to tell him to do. I, I, it's implied. I believe that. It doesn't say that there. But I believe Joseph was waiting for the Lord. I mean, wouldn't you? Your girlfriend's pregnant by God. If you're pregnant by God, then surely he's going to say something to me or he's going to show up or you're gonna start, your belly's going to start glowing in the dark. Something's going to happen. <laughs> Something's going to happen. And then I'm going to see God do a great work and I'm going to align with it. I'm, yes, that's it. <laughs> Even today, someone mentions God, you, you start straightening up. I mean, can you imagine if you're walking in the parking lot, minding your business, someone says, hey, hey, you need to live right. God said so. You don't even like that person, but they said God. And now you got to, okay, hold on. What are you saying? Did you hear from him? Because you, you, you respect God. You honor God. There's good, great reverence. But I've heard it preached by Pastor Brett years ago that it's easier to be altered by God when you've altered your heart. A-L-T-E-R, meaning the change. A-L-T-A-R, meaning glorifying God with your life. I can't say that again because I'm going to probably spell it wrong. But there's an altar 
There's an alteration, a change of path. So many of us think of the word in control, but you don't control anything. And as you're going on your path, you think that you're headed right to your destiny. But in the midst of that, God reroutes you. And you have two choices. You can either give it to him and lay your gift at his feet. Joseph could say, I built this. I put together the, the, the money and the house. And you know what, God? You're changing things, but the altar is still here. So I'm receiving whatever you've got for me. Or you could say, you know what? I don't even know if God is real. I don't know if God loves me. And then get into this pity party. And now you're altering your life, A-L-T-E-R. And now you're altering your own self. And now you're in control. Only to be altered again, probably. Either going to walk to the altar or crawl to the altar. But the Spirit of God will help you comply with his will. And our submission is our worship. Submit to God with all your heart. Get into this Bible. Learn what he has for you. Listen to his words. Get plugged in to the power of God. Joseph exchanged the gift with God. Say, what you've got, I like that way more. I mean, it's like giving, giving toys to somebody and then they give you a Bentley or a house or whatever your favorite car is. It's like, man, I, I don't think I deserve that. I, you don't even want to give you a gift now. Anybody ever been to a party or something like that and someone gave you a gift and you're like, oh, hey, this is part one of your gift. I actually got a five-part gift. <laughs> Yeah, I just want to do five days of Christmas, so I'm just going to bless you. This is the 20th, 25th. It's going to keep getting better. Now you're going broke trying to keep up with the Joneses. God's response is Joseph yields. God sent him two things. And we need to, as a church, have an expectation for these two things. God gave him the supernatural by the angel of God, and he gave him the scripture. Joseph was able to remember and to go back to the scripture of what Isaiah said. And then as the angel spoke, it confirmed it with scripture. But the supernatural experience was pretty great too. God, you chose to speak to me supernaturally by the spirit of God. And you reminded me scripture, you quoted me. And not only did you do that, you called me by my purpose, not just by my name. Meaning he called, the angel called him Joseph, son of David. I'm reminding you that your son of David, the lineage is there and you know what's supposed to happen through the line of David, right? I'm calling you by your purpose, not just your name. If you didn't get that, please go home and listen to that again. God appeared. He did more than just appear. He, he appeared with a gift, the word of God. So I bet Joseph started to recount Jeremiah 31, 31, the new covenant is coming. I bet he started to think, wait a second, what that angel just said sounds a lot like Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin with a child, a, a virgin will be with a child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Wait a second, I read that. In Kid Builders. I read that in 180. We used to talk about that. They made us memorize that. Remember the Jewish children, they had to memorize scripture. So when that angel spoke that, that angel wasn't just giving him a new idea. He was going back to what he was raised in. And that's why we need to read our Bibles. You don't read your Bible just to read your Bible. You read your Bible to get plugged in and get intimate with God. So when you hear something, you go back and say, wait, I've heard that before. I've heard that before. 
the scripture reminded Joseph of the game plan. And the game plan was bigger than him as a player. But he knew that God was going to make him the best player. And he was going to be known as a great player. But he knew that the game plan was more important than the player because we need to win this game. Are we willing to allow God to win the game without stats? How come they don't ever ask me to lead? I applied to be a small group leader. They didn't let me. I keep trying to sing. I've been, trying to ask, I've been sending emails to Tiffany for five years. They won't let me up on stage. Are you willing to see God's kingdom advance through this church without your name on it? All 17 of y'all that just clap, I love y'all. And I'll be praying for the rest of you all. Joseph gathered. He gave. When he grieved, God met him. And after he grieved and God met him, he saw the glory. And from the glory, he grew. We want to grow mentally. We want to grow physically uh, in the right way, like strength. <laughs> we, want, we want to grow relationally. We want to get connected and meet more people. But the only way we grow spiritually is if we point back to the Father and glorify him and allow his will to be done his way in our lives and not our will be done. We find purpose in God's plan, and that grows us because now we're attached to the vine. Philippians 2 says that, therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose, one do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. That's the recipe. Get knitted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Get knitted with the word of God. Get knitted with your church. Get knitted with a spiritual group of believers that are pushing you on and you're pushing them on only to see the mission of Jesus Christ carried out on this earth. When you go into military, you see people from New York and Oklahoma and all these different places, and they would never eat together if they went in the military. They would never hang out. They would never talk. But guess what? The mission brings them together. You worried about petty stuff when you got a mission. You worried about how somebody dressed today, but the mission. You worried about somebody didn't say hello to you this morning, but the mission. You worried about the fact that we didn't play your favorite song this morning, the mission. Some of y'all mad that Pastor Brad ain't here this morning. The mission. <laughs> this is what it looks like to have a good gift exchange with God. After the baby comes, the magi. Come into town. They bring gifts, millions and millions of dollars worth of gifts to bless Joseph and Mary. They weren't expecting it. They weren't expecting it. All Joseph knew was to be faithful and to walk in the grace of God. That's all he knew to do. He got blessed, but he didn't do it expecting a blessing. He had no expectation for the Magi. It was a first meeting. But then that same night, the same night, the Spirit comes again. And the angel says, get out of here. 
I'll give you my Jerry Green paraphrase. Get out of here because Herod is tripping. (laughs) Hide your kids, hide your wife. You try to kill everybody out here. I had to. You don't get that many opportunities to say that in front of a large group of people. (laughs) But God was leading Joseph. And as Joseph continued to gather and and give and gather and give, he was going according to the glory of God. And God was pushing him closer and closer to that destiny. And as he was doing that, what God ordained by the the voice of the angel, he uh, sustained. But what God ordained, he sustained. Or God doesn't guide you without providing for you. And you know what Joseph did? This is my favorite part. Joseph married Mary before the results came in. He married Mary before the results. He didn't say, you know what? All right, I heard from the angel. I've read my Bible, but let's go on Mari. We got to figure this out. Let's take this test. <laughs> he didn't say, okay, you know what? Seems like it's good, but, but like at the, at the hospital, that's where we're going to figure out. Like bottom line, we're going to make a decision that day. When's the due date? Okay, that day. I'm putting that on my calendar. I'm going to have Google alerts. Is this the day that you go to the next level with her or do you leave her? This is the day. No, he said, I'm going to marry her now. He said, come. Come to me, Mary. And you know what? He didn't consummate their union. You know why? Because Mary carried holiness. Mary carried the holies of holies. That being said, if you're courting, dating, engaged, maybe your fiance isn't pregnant with the baby of God, but she is, but she is a child of God, the holy of holies. Back, back, big fella. Back, back, big fella. Honor that woman, honor that woman and be like Joseph. Because you don't know what's going to be birthed out of her and out of the relationship. As Pastor Jim Critcher would say, what did I say today? <laughs> I don't know if he's asking himself that, himself that or he wants us to know it. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> Sum it up. As we continue to gather and give in life, may our joy be full only, only when we accept and acknowledge the true gift of God, Jesus, and all of his glory. Let's pray. Father God, you're good. You're good. And we as a church, Grace Covenant Church in the body of Christ, We refuse to minimize the reality of our salvation and your grace and your love and dwindle it down to just a holiday. You are not the reason for the season. You are the reason we exist. This season is just a simple reminder of what we walk in. And we bless your name. Lord, I repent 
for any gift that I've been expecting of you or any gift that I've given to you with the wrong heart. Lord, make all of us unite in love with a desire to see our gifts laid down at the altar because we know of the salvation that we hold in Christ Jesus.